Our group of adventurers stand in a now empty council chamber. The smashed remnants of stained glass windows crinkle under their feet, and chairs are strewn where mortal combat just ended. On one side of them, a stairway leads through a portal into a dark blue alien starry sky. On the other side of them, Icy, armored, and spindly, extraplanar creatures, known as the First Ones, advance upon them. And behind the Golden Tree Adventuring Guilders of Agmar, a mysterious and menacing figure, known only as the Shepherd, observes them as they slowly corrupt Council of Elders. Guilders? Please describe your characters in this moment of battle. So, Checkers, the Grung Druid, leaps away from Val after receiving a gold star. <laughs> and Checkers is this small-sized blue frog creature with a tricorn hat, a large leather cloak, and a kilt. Riding on top of his best friend, Mango, who is a medium-sized chunky green tree frog with a big saddle on his back. And the two of them just leap away and find cover as a third frog, <laughs> Billiam, flies towards the creatures with his large butterfly wings and tries to smack one of the creatures emerging from the portal. Facing you all down is a diverse crew. Previously, when you have fought these strange creatures, it has either been a single monster or kind of a mishmash of a variety. These all appear to be, we'll call them themed. <laughs> For the first time, it appears as this is a group that is meant to be working together. There are two creatures kind of up front starting to advance that appear to be two torsos made of ice fused together at the side, each of them crawling with one hand, holding a sword of ice in the other. Another lingers towards the back, seemingly with an icy crossbow that is already starting to glint with malevolent icy light. Another is a semi-corporeal icy cloud creature that, even as it shifts in and out of focus, you can tell is glaring at you all. Another holds an icy lance and stares. And finally, a creature holding a scepter, clearly some sort of spellcaster, begins chanting and waving arms at you in a strange alien language you do not understand. Checkers, where is your balloon frog heading towards? <laughs> oh, I don't like the looks of that one. Billiam, go for the one with the scepter! And Billiam's going to fly down from the top of this cathedral where we find ourselves and try to smack into the one with the scepter. The ice mage. The ice mage. 12 to hit. Just misses. Ah, dang. All right. <laughs> you see a bit of ice comes up to block and kind of bounce the beach ball of frog away. <laughs> and as Billiam the beach ball frog kind of <laughs> gets knocked away, he actually disappears as Checkers begins to conjure a bed of coral around the creatures emerging from the portal, casting spike growth underneath them. Ooh, okay. What do I need to do right now? So not right now, nothing, but awesome. as they advance, they're going to take damage through the spike growth. Cool, and what is the area for that? 20-foot radius, so... Oh, cool. I'm going to say everyone is caught in it. Sick. Checkers and Manga are going to find cover behind a nearby broken pillar. Go get him! Casper Brightmane is a dwarf made of stone. He is a squat, muscular, well-trained figure, but his arms and his legs are encrusted in this like deep brown rock. 
He has a full beard, heavy armor, and around his skin are golden spirals, indicative of his bond with his patron, the Eternal Citadel. Kaskrin moves forward towards the edge of the spike growth and kind of stares down this encroaching army of ice creatures from this other plane. He is going to raise his hand forward and cast Eldritch Blast, but instead of a javelin, he is going to empower it further with the power of his patron. A golden light bow materializes from the top and bottom of his fist, and as he pulls the bow back, a number of other arrows materialize around him as he casts Twinning Metamagic target more than one person using this spell. Ooh, okay. He lets loose this golden bow, and all of a sudden, a dozen of other arrows fire from behind him as if a legion of archers is making its way towards the back line of this group. I'm going to target the mage and the crossbow holder. Sick. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, actually, I changed my mind. You guys are level four for this encounter. (laughs) No. Not level six. Uh, Too many cool things have already happened. Sorry. (laughs) 17 and a 14 against the mage. One hits, one misses. Okay. And that's going to be a 23 and a 18 against the crossbow. Good, they both hit. <laughs> Did I mention these are all very cool new monsters from MC Dam's Flea Mortals, and it would be really a shame if you killed them all right away, hmm. players. The mage takes 16 points of damage. Ow! And the crossbow shooter takes nine. Ow. Stop it. As a bonus action, I'm going to harden the rock around me to give me additional protection. And as a reaction, I'm going to grant Selv, a servant of the Citadel, giving you six temporary HP. Kaskrin, as you walk your way up to the edge of the spikes and draw this mighty bow and unleash this radiant energy, you also feel the presence of the fortunate the tall, lanky, undead centurion totally encased in impressive plate mail with a stylized skull over their face. They come up and stand beside you, shield in one hand, spear in the other, and says, we can handle this. The fortunate is going to ready an action to do a melee attack when uh, something approaches The Ice Mage. There is a cascading, almost smoky, glistening snowfall of a robe where it is misty and smoky and sparkly all at the same time with kind of a featureless, frosty face. And it is kind of strangely humanoid, though quite tall and maybe floating. It looks over to the shepherd and says, Oh, thank you. We do not deserve the honor of being summoned, but we promise we will ensure that these lesser creatures, these second made, suffer as we defeat them. And the shepherd doesn't say anything and just kind of looks at them and then looks back at you guys kind of expectantly. The mage reaches out a hand. I would like... Kaskrin, Selv, Val, and the Fortunate, everyone but Checkers. <laughs> Say. Say what now? You said you, you didn't see, but Jonathan <laughs> just raised his arms mightily. Your feet start to feel cold. And within moments, suddenly your toes are numb. And it's almost feeling like, oh God, I'm going to get frostbite. And you look down And there is just this chill air emanating from the ground as this mage casts a spell called Icy Unhollowed Ground. Nope. We're just just gonna nope. (laughs) Now you're just making stuff up. (laughs) Thank you. Look, just just because you string cool words together doesn't mean it's a thing. You all take six points of ice damage. I am resistant to cold. Indeed you are. And you have temporary hit points. And I have temporary hit points. There is a 20-foot square of glowing, unholy, cold energy appearing on the ground centered around you guys that lasts up for one minute. Each creature in that aura is now vulnerable to ice damage starting now, as long as they stand inside of it. That is the end of its turn. 
the kind of smoky, icy creature that is kind of just there and a little bit living blizzard. You see, dissipates and becomes entirely made of ice and snow and blowing cold. It moves to Val. It recorporealizes right next to Val. And now it has used this ability. It's much more solid than it once was. It is no longer kind of this strange, cloudy creature. You get the sense that maybe it can't do that again. And it is going to unsheath what appears to be kind of an icy dagger and try to stab Val through the ribs with it. Oh, roll so bad. 11 to hit. Ha-ha! Frick! <laughs> it lashes out, tries to stab you, and then kind of pulls up short and then is actually going to also move back if you'd like to use your reaction for an opportunity attack, but it's going to move back and also try to get some cover behind a pillar or something. Can I hit it with my shield? No. Alas, no. <laughs> you can, can, you, you can, can you, smack him. You can open hand smack it. Can you hit with it with an a spiritual attack. weapon? Not as a reaction. No. Fine, I'll just one plus my strength modifier if I hit, so it's one point of damage. Yep. <laughs> Minimum of one point. Uh, Get out That of is you. one hefty slap Man. across there's, the There's this great section in D&D Beyond where it says your reactions, and there's nothing. <laughs> None. <laughs> well, opportunity attack. Uh... You know what? Sure, because I don't think Fuck I have yeah, a, I don't do have it. a reaction for literally anything else. No, I rolled a four. <laughs> <laughs> that misses. You guys both just like wah, wah, and both yeah. miss <laughs> horrifically, and this thing kind of goes back and also starts to take cover behind a kind of like ceremonial bark pillar. Now it is the one with the crossbow's turn. It reaches down to the head of the arrow that it is already kind of has prepped. And you see it just engorge with icy flame. And again, it just is pouring a bunch of arcane energy into it. And then it turns and levels it towards Kaskarin. I don't like that. It is going to use a special ability called Ice Moat. Boop. Oh, yes. Oh, wait, I don't have to. Damn it. I don't have to roll for it. You have to roll. <laughs> Shit. Dexterity saving throw. Please. Is it Ice Moat or Ice Moat? Uh, yes. Oh. Great. <laughs> I rolled a six, so that's a five. That's a fail. Oh, Yay! No. Uh, you take... <laughs> I rolled two Two points of damage. Four points of ice damage. I reduced that by three, so I take one point Fuck. of damage. Uh, well, if you are large or smaller, which you are, you fall prone. Oh, uh, that's worse. Though. And... Selv and Val... No. Uh, could you also make me a dexterity saving throw, please? And the fortunate... Ooh, the fortunate did bad. <laughs> Six. Ooh, self done good. 26 for self. Nice. <laughs> uh, Val, you take two points of ice damage Why? as well. Uh, so even though Cass is able to just stand up to this, this thing detonates on him. And there's just, imagine, you know, like that big splash of snow that happens when like a snowboarder does a sick trick. It's that except on you guys and this damaging cold. And you guys are able to just dodge out of the way or hunker behind Kaskarin's dwarven shadow. It is going to take a couple of steps back and end its turn. Sophie, can you make me a quick concentration check? What do I need to beat? Just ten. a ten. ten. Nope. Bummer. <laughs> Even with your, your bonus? I don't have a bonus. Oh, yeah. You have no constitution. <laughs> uh, oh, it's cut. Yeah. Your heal is it healing ward, aura of vitality, aura of vitality. It, it is you are just hit by this chunk of ice, and it breaks your concentration. One of the double-armed, double-headed, crawling horrors starts crawling towards the fortunate and makes two attacks. These creatures seem to be unlike the rest, fairly mindless. They see their goal and just start clawing through all of this coral and just snapping it as it's scratching against their icy hides and will take damage from your thorny, corally situation. <laughs> cool. As this creature moves 15 feet through this bed of 
dead coral. They find themselves taking 12 points of damage as it just snaps oh. against their icy body. Ow. And you can see as these things have no degree of self-preservation, and this actually rips a large portion of their bodies apart. And then the fortunate is going to take one big ol' swing against it and see what happens. The fortunate, between this thing, this thing just drags again. It's like a zombie movie or like um, in Terminator where there's only the top half of the Terminator and it's just like awkwardly like high speed moving through. That is the speed and just tenacity that this thing is going. And then it is just dragging itself through Checkers' spell and is just losing mass. And then the fortunate just flips their spear upside down and just jams it straight down into it. And this thing just disappears in a cloud of ice. However, as it dies, each creature within (laughs) five feet of this takes two points of ice damage. So, Kaskrin, you take four points of cold damage. And so does the fortunate. Oof. It is reduced still because of the rock around Kaskrin's feet, but still, I don't like it. With Aura of Vitality down, Val will move her spiritual weapon up to the mage and use her bonus action to hopefully hit it. 20 to hit. Cool, nice. That hits. 11 points. Uh, Ow. Hell yeah. Nice, nice, nice. I think it's force damage, yeah. Yeah, I freaking don't know. It's like a little comet. In <laughs> yeah, forest damage. Uh, it will roll a concentration check. Frick. <laughs> uh, yeah. You uh, throw a snowball at me, I throw force at you. <laughs> so yeah, this thing gets just fucking clocked by, I don't remember, book, goblet, large. I don't remember what I said. Mass this one is just freaking... It's the fortunate's face. <laughs> it's just a blind just, skull. skull. Yeah, yeah just a fine uh, skull. Yeah, just headbutt him. Okay. What did I do? I did a bonus action. Can I still do a cantrip to yeah. Yeah. cast uh, it? You can cast the spell. Cool, 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 cool. I will shall cast Guiding Bolt at it as well. Fuck me. Oh, no. Nine to hit. I have, I have some bad news for you, Sophie. Bad news one. Uh, no, it doesn't hit. Bad news two is this creature like you just smack it in the face with your <laughs> with your magical weapon and it just like rounds on you and says you are unworthy to be standing in such a room as as even us who are unworthy to be here you cast your spell at it And you see the mage kind of reach out and as it's approaching, almost grabs some of the magic from your spell as a reaction and hurls it back at you. And you need to make me a dexterity saving throw, please. Oh, no. Can it stop being dexterity? Because it uses spell siphon. 12. That's a fail. What level spell was that? Second. Fuck! Two ones again! (laughs) God damn it! Uh, well, you take two points of force damage, and these Great. D6s, which are the same D6s, are going in timeout. Val, who is no longer glowing with magical energy because she got hit by a freaking snowball, yep. <laughs> is shivering as far back from this battle as possible. I forgot to say she moves out of this freaking cold battle trigonometries her way. If there's a pillar behind her, she's hiding behind that. She's taking a cue from everybody else. No, thank you. This has just become a little kid snowball fight where everyone's <laughs> hiding behind a tree and just like popping out. Bap, bap, bap. Yeah. Um, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go. So, you want to build a snowman? <laughs> Selv is... Uh, so I'm going to brush the little bit of frost that has accumulated on his, his red and gold robes. And I will again kind of like concentrate and you can see the um, the swirling wind kind of blow his sleeves around each of his fists. And I am going to attempt to hit the mage with the fist of unbroken air. Lowest die roll is a 17. On three attacks. On three attacks. That will indeed do it. Nice. Uh, So all three hit. 
All right. You can so. say that into the mic. <laughs> it's good. Oh, yes. Uh, okay, so that's 11, 12, 14, 23 total points oh, nice. of damage. Yeah. Uh, excuse me? The cold never bothered me anyway. <laughs> Fan artists, you know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Self, anything else you'd like to do on your turn? I am going to separate myself a little bit from Val. And uh, actually, I will join Cass and the Fortunate, uh, who I'm assuming are towards the front. Don't group together. Why would you do that? Yeah, that's it's a fun. good point. I'll move off. I'll, I will move off to the side. There's going to be a giant-ass snowball coming yeah. for the three of you. <laughs> I, I will move off to the side. But um, better bonuses. Okay, anything else? That is it. That was my movement, my action, and my bonus action. The creature with the spear kind of looks, and again, it is it is actually kind of squat and hulking, but holds this almost like a huge icicle and levels its gaze at Kaskrin and the Fortunate and looks at Kaskrin, looks at the Fortunate, looks at Kaskrin, <laughs> looks at the Fortunate and rears back, ready to throw like a javelin and makes two attacks against the Fortunate. Oh, God. Uh, oh, fudge. One does hit, but both do not hit, unfortunately. The Fortunate takes, oh, max damage. Oh, uh. 14 points as two of these whiz by. And that hurt, especially because the Fortunate did take a couple shots earlier. At the end of the Rampart's turn, it turns to the remaining multi-armed, multi-headed horror and says, don't go after them, fool. Make them come to you. And this creature looks up semi-mindlessly and then looks over and just yells out, You must fight me! You have to fight me! The fortunate just looks at this creature and you can see there's something weird happening where this creature is goading the fortunate to attack them. Now is the end of the round. End of round one. Everyone is hiding behind pillars. <laughs> We've determined this. Yep. There is a bunch of coral. There is a mage floating in the air. There are two ranged combatants, one with a spear, one with a crossbow. There's a crazy two-headed creature that is taunting the fortunate. The fortunate is standing next to Kaskrin. Val and Checkers and a semi-incorporeal snow creature are all behind pillars. And Selv is kind of vibing on his own outside of any AOE areas. The shepherd continues their walk down the council, placing a hand on another council member. And they say, pretty good. Off to a good start. It's really nice seeing you all in action, seeing the golden tree in action. Let's up the stakes a little bit. I'll give you each, we'll say, another two or three attacks before whatever comes through comes through. Good luck. Checkers and Mango emerge from their hiding place in this large room, and Checkers has loaded his crossbow with something special. <laughs> mm-hmm. Something that has not come up in many, many episodes, mm-hmm. but... I am pretty sure I know what you're talking about. I was thinking about it earlier today. On the way to Agmar... He received a very special item from our alchemist slash inventor, Etris Pensempre. And loaded into Checker's crossbow is this pinkish roll of toilet paper with a strange vial through the center. And Mango jumps between these pillars as Checker's readies his shot towards the two ranged combatants with the spear and the crossbow and lets loose this thunk as toilet paper flies towards them. And then what happens? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my so, magic item. So it's it's, it's kind of a item. mystery roll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought of it as like this sort of little wall of fire that appeared. It is essentially kind of think of it as like a lightning bolt, but with fire. Who would you like to hit with that? Let's start with the person with the spear. I'm going to say you can either either... Do the creature with the spear and the creature with the crossbow, or you can do the creature with the spear and the mage. 
How damaged does the mage look after selves A floating? good amount of damage, but still up. Okay. We'll go ahead and bounce it off of the mage first before <laughs> angling it towards the one with the spear. <laughs> awesome. What I'll do is I will roll a dexterity saving throw for both of them. Okay, cool. We'll do spear first. Pass. Even higher. <sighs> okay. But I will definitely still take damage. Okay, okay. Cool. So both of them will end up taking five points of damage. Okay. Uh, they take a little bit more damage. Wow. Than you thought. As more, even more than you dared dream they take. <laughs> <laughs> and after it hits both of them, this little pile of crumpled toilet paper just burns away. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And Checkers and Mango find themselves behind cover once again. Smash cut to Etris deep in his research in his weird little hut inside of Agmar. And he just straightens up and you see a little tear well up in his eye <laughs> as he cracks open a root beer and That's continues it. on to work. And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words, Trust no one, Tyir. Can the gang find Tyir, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength in diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Hi everyone, David here with The Mineral. We hope you've been enjoying the episode so far. If you want more of the Reckless Attack crew, come join the community on Discord. The link is in the show notes of the episode and on our website, recklessattack.com. If you want to support the show, head on over to Patreon, where you can get access to our behind-the-screen talkback series, as well as our new series, Reckless A Snack, where we eat snacks and chat about the question of the day. As always, if you like the show, be sure to tell a friend about it too. Thanks so much for listening. And now, back to the episode. Kaskrin, now realizing that our timeline has been moved up a little bit, he is going to look towards the corners of the room and see if there's any sort of like loose rubble there. Oh, absolutely. And he finds uh, two, you know, regular-sized-looking branches that have kind of broken off some of the trees in all of the combat. He is once again going to use the magic of the Eternal Citadel and cast Catapult at level 2 while also twinning it, basically trying to spear both the spear thrower and <laughs> the crossbow bolt guy yep. uh, yeah. from the sides. A casker and smash cut. <laughs> Actually... The spear thrower, as you are doing this, says, You will target me. I am your foe. I am the worthy one. It is you who is unworthy. And both attacks need to be done on it as a reaction. Okay. And it's this like it's this feeling of kind of like you shrivel a little inside when it says it. It is just like Wait, wait, am I doing something wrong? Am I... Wait, hold on. Wait. And it is weirdly making you feel very small. And so you are just directing yeah. all of your focus. Like, no one else is in this room other than this creature right now. Okay. As my original idea, I'm going to target both attacks <laughs> towards the spear thrower. Can it please make me two dexterity saving throws? Hell yeah. A 15 and a 20 on the die. Oh, uh, geez. Okay. Uh, both will succeed, and it will take no damage. Oh. 
the rocks fly past your intended target. But as you are kind of in this weird turmoil, just temporarily, you feel your lucky coin glow just a little bit. Didn't help you in this moment, but it activated a little. Just for that split second. Okay. Both spears just crash into the opposite wall, basically destroying it, but doing no damage to the enemies. And that is my turn, because that was like half of my remaining resources. The Fortunate looks around them, focused on this two-headed creature that was mystically compelling it to attack it, and extends its spear. And you see this bit of necrotic energy gather at the end of the spear and fire out two blasts of arcane energy at this creature. What? Love that. They look very familiar, in a way, to something that you often see Kaskarin do. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I rolled too good again. These two things just, like, concuss into this creature, and, again, just huge chunks are ripped out, and it is barely anything left. And... (laughs) Hell yeah. Go with the fortunate. Fortunate looks at Selv and looks at Cass and says, strain is difficult, but do we try and break through? I don't think we have another option. We can't stand here forever. There is always another option. The fortunate looks over to Selv and kind of like crouches down a little bit and offers you their shield to do something with. And that'll be the end of their turn. Now it is the mage's turn. Uh, so this, again, just like floating, almost like strangely angelic, featureless creature with, again, these cascading, beautiful crystals rounds on all of you. I would like Kaskarin and the Fortunate to make a dexterity saving throw, please. <laughs> Kaskarin with a 13 because of the aura from the Fortunate. The fortunate rolled a five on the die. And you see the mage again say, truly, what are you doing here? You do not belong. This is not the place for you, not the time. And you are unworthy. And above you, icicles form in shards and come raining down upon you both. You take 15 points of cold damage. What happens is the fortunate see, like, notices what is happening. You both do, as this thing extends its hand once more to conjure these icicles. And the fortunate, like, spins on their heel and uses their spear and shield to hit icicles out of the air over you and provide you that extra little bit of cover to kind of hunker down and only take half damage. Hell yeah. But they take a lot of damage. <laughs> Unfortunately, that is the end of the mage's turn. Now it is the strange cloudy creature's turn. And it is going to take the hide action behind this pillar, hoping that in the heat of battle you all will forget about it. <laughs> but we will. <laughs> Basically immediately. Uh, so that's a real, it's a real pisser. Because <laughs> it has a cool thing, but that's fine. And so that's what it's going to do. It is, it is just going to try and like fade into the background of this combat. But that's all it's going to do. Now it is the spear thrower's turn. It is actually going to, I think, throw a couple of spears over at old Selvastralin. Wait, what? <laughs> Indeed. Uh, two spear attacks. Oh, yes. That's more like it. 21 to hit. I would like to use my reaction to deflect and possibly catch. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Fuck. Fuck. Legitimately Uh, forgot. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Fucking monks using their their class abilities. Ooh, rolled pretty bad on damage. 13 points of damage. Then as my reaction, I will negate... Oh, good. I rolled a one. Oh. No. Uh, I negate 10 points of that damage. Oh, that's pretty Damn. good, though. Damn. It's pretty good um, still. 
So I get, uh, what'd you say, 13? Yes. Okay, so I will take three. What? What is that, cold? Yes. Okay, so that's reduced to one. Well, it's going to throw another one at you. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's my reaction, so I can't do it again. Uh, 17 to hit. That'll hit. Hey, that's my... Oh, fuck you! <laughs> Two ones again? <laughs> God damn it, fucking fuck. Wow. This episode is not going to be safe for work. Yeah. <laughs> Only because Nathan keeps cussing because of his <laughs> shitty fucking dice. Nine points of damage. No, Nine, 11 points of damage. 11. I rolled so really I, bad the first I take time, too. five. <laughs> okay. So there goes my temporary hit points. So while they were both glancing blows, you were able to get out of the way. This creature, in the same way that some of these other creatures have challenged the other party members. Now this creature kind of rounds on you and says, you are not worthy of carrying the mantle of the great ice elemental dragons that you claim to. You are less. You are not enough. And you have disadvantage against creatures other than this creature until the start of this creature's next turn. Thou will peek her head around the pillar and smack the mage with her spiritual weapon, which just keeps changing because <laughs> she's mad. Fuck, a nine does not hit. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but we're really earning our explicit tag. That's today. right. That's right. This is see. This is the episode where we leave it on. You know, where yeah. it's like you never know when we're just gonna say fuck eighteen times. I, I apologize. All those bad die rolls are probably my fault because all three of mine hit with nothing That's lower true. than seven. Oh, That's yeah. true. You've cursed every yeah, all, was, including me. I, though. I well, give sucked, me good vibes now because I'm casting Guiding Bolt at second level. Fuck yeah, 17 on the die plus 7, 24 at the mage. That hits. Sick. At the risk of uh, making you angry, it is going to use its reaction and once again try to ta- take some of the energy of the spell and redirect it at you. Great, I have covered. <laughs> Fuck everything. <laughs> it's one of those days. Yeah. Huh? Yep. <laughs> Fuck everything. 16 points of damage on 5d6. Okay, I but, rolled but also two twos so you have, and two ones. You have okay. full cover, right? My head's I have to see them. Well, I think if you're well, I guess that's probably true. It's probably still half cover. Um, I use the reflectiveness of my well, shield no, no, you could also, like Perseus versus Medusa. But you, you also have your movement, so you could step out to it. Yeah, it's a reaction, that. it happens immediately. No, um, I use my shield like Perseus. I think that still gives you a plus two. Actually, it's better to be in cover because you have to make a dexterity saving throw. And if you're in cover, you get a bonus to your dexterity I saving throw. I am in cover. <laughs> <laughs> Please make me a dexterity saving throw, and then we'll I'll tell you what happens. Hell yeah! 17 on the die. Ooh, okay. You take three points of force damage. This creature kind of once again turns at you, and even though it has no features, you can tell it is looking down its nose at you and trying to make you feel small. It, much like last time, extends its icy hands and try and starts siphoning magic. And even as it as your bolt hurdles towards it, it redirects some of the energy back at you. You're able to duck behind the pillar. And when you emerge, what does it look like when you kill? Hell yeah. Oh. This mage. Val is just feisty. She's mad. Her plans went to shit immediately, (laughs) and her guiding bolt surges forward, and still being that, like, light blue almost transitions into an ethereal fireball, and as it connects with the mage, it swirls in this smoke, and one of the swirls comes back to her and hurts herself, but... As it does, like, one rotation, it just carries the mage off and dissipates it Fuck into yeah. a mist. Fuck yeah. Selvastalin. All right. Uh, which is the one that I am supposed to be essentially compelled to attack? The spear thrower. The spear thrower. And is the spear thrower standing next to any any of the other ice-type creatures. 
Um, it's kind of by itself. It hasn't really moved all that much, so it depends on how close you're looking. But everyone's kind of spread out, levitated away, or are dead. <laughs> okay. Selv will will kind of reach into a small pouch he's got on his bag and pull out the potion given to him by Etris of do fire on them, and he will take it, heft it just a little bit, and then throw it, trying to give it a nice arc so that it will smack into this creature and hurl. 11? That is a miss. It would have done 4d6 plus 5 damage, so it does half. Uh, unfortunately, did not throw it quite well enough, but at least it uh, it shatters and sprays fire in all directions, and it does hit this creature for 18, but they made their save, but hopefully they're vulnerable to it. That they are. They take a good amount of damage, and that was the first time that they've been hit, but ouch. Ouchy wawas. You have been weighed, you have been measured, and you have been found wanting... And you're on fire. <laughs> so I am going to lock eyes with the fortunate as they ready their shield. And then I'm going to run at them and jump onto their shield. And just for a second, hang there as they, they then uh, hoist me into the air and throw me over the coral. As I'm kind of tumbling through the air, uh, I'm going to do a, a backflip and land next to that spear creature and take my bonus action of patient defense as I take a step backward and kind of bring my arms up into a defensive position and ready for any kind of incoming attack. Cool. The crossbow person, I think, is going to shoot... is going to shoot at checkers. Got it. And you have cover, right? Uh, yes, I do. So I'm, I'm currently hiding behind some broken branches on the ground. Does a... 17 hit with cover. It does not. You see a crossbow, this like icy crossbow bolt ping into the column of like wood that you're standing behind. Mm -hmm. And you hear a presumably some sort of curse in some alien horrific <laughs> language uh, as it is glaring at you and shakes its fists. Mm -hmm. ah. ah, frog. And then the second strange two-headed creature loses control of itself and goes after self, but takes damage going through and dies, oh. but exploding on self. Oh, no. <laughs> it does cold damage. Uh, it only does five points of cold it, damage. Is there a... S nope, it just does damage, but so it's five points five, and you have it. So two, okay. That's the end of round two, he says, making a check mark on his little note card. The shepherd looks kind of around had been had been mostly watching you guys and the shepherd is like getting it down to the wire you're getting really close but I believe in you they look over to the portal and you guys follow their gaze the shepherd says you know I've always really liked Deepwood I really hope you guys can save it. As you see an outline of something start to fill the portal. You know that whatever game the shepherd is playing with you all is potentially nearing an end. Top of the round. Checkers is hiding behind a pillar. Kaskrin is on the edge of a bunch of corals <laughs> and beaten up. The Fortunate has launched Selv into the fray and is standing next to Kaskrin. Uh, Val is also hiding behind a pillar. There is a strange cloud creature hiding behind a pillar. And there is also a creature with a crossbow and a creature with spears. Checkers pops out behind cover and just gives the crossbow person a big old <laughs> as he pulls his eye down with his tongue. And he whispers over to Mango, Well, you heard the shepherd. We're out of time. Sorry, boy. Checkers is going to hop off of Mango, and both of them are going to go plap, plap, plap towards the bed <laughs> towards the bed of dead coral. Terrible. Checkers levels his crossbow at the crossbow person and fires out a jagged fishing hook towards them, Love trying it. to pull them Ooh, towards it. Fuck yes. 
10 to hit. That is a miss. Okay. As a bonus action, Mango actually hops over the coral yeah. and into the space next to the crossbow person, trying to grab onto them. Fuck yeah. Contested athletics. 13. Nine. Nice. <laughs> and Mango just uses all of his strength and drags both of them through the coral towards the edge. Ooh, okay. Uh, how much movement does he have to move? I'm assuming with a grapple, 10, so two spaces. Cool. I am A-okay with that math. So they'll both take seven points of damage as Mango just drags them through the coral slowly but surely. Yep. This creature is now, again, still cursing in its foul, foul alien language as it is clearly now getting very destabilized, but still just barely hanging on. One more push, Mango. So as an action surge, Checkers begins summoning energy around him. As the bed of coral shatters into a million pieces and Checkers begins to conjure swirling energy around him, suddenly this small blue frog with big <laughs> butterfly wings coalesces and a big tongue just lashes out towards the crossbow thrower. It's like the coral like forms yeah, into Billium. Yeah, into Billium. <laughs> Beautiful child is back with us. 21 to hit. Fuck, yep. Roll good, Billium. 11 points of damage. What does it look like when this crossbow extraplanar creature is killed by really just the two frogs? <laughs> so I'm thinking Mango's got a hold of this creature by the waist with his tongue. And Billium <laughs> comes around and just sort of wraps his tongue around the torso of this creature. And both of them just pull in different directions as Billiam flies away and the creature shatters <laughs> as the frogs go their separate and ways. And just this <laughs> of mist and there's like a little bit of rainbow and yeah. sparkles. <laughs> Perfect. Kaskran, realizing that he was previously prone, uh, stands up. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> grabs his hammer and then rushes towards the creature that is still accosting self. Uh, the remaining ice spear thrower? Yep. And with Again, all the magical energy that he can summon channeled within his hammer. He is going to bring this down against the spear thrower, trying to finish it off. He is going to cast Booming Blade as well as Heavy Blow at level 1 on his hammer. Fuck yeah. 15 to hit. That's a miss. Ah! Kaskrin, hoping, praying desperately for the magic within his lucky coin, flips it mentally in his mind trying to re-roll the dice and see if he can get a better result. Okay. A better future for us. That's a 21 to hit. That hits. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. That is going to be 17 points of hammer damage. Ooh, ham damn. Ham damn. <laughs> it is still up. Ah. Uh, Not by, it is by a thread, but it is still up. As a reaction, I'm going to grant Selv another Servant of the Citadel. Sick. Well, this would be where my incorporeal, cool, roguish character left from out of hiding to do cool, I have advantage and sneak attack things. Uh, but um, the we people, see you, Larry. This is a very, this is a very <laughs> wise party, and it rolled a three on the die. So you guys know for sure where it's jumping out, and just ah, I'm here. Shit, we already knew it. Damn it. Um, this one is also going to take. Uh, an attack on checkers mm -hmm. is going to take its kind of like icy dagger and just kind of throw it at you. But you can tell it is juiced with some extra arcane energy as it does. Two on the die. <laughs> <laughs> Frick. Uh, it goes to hide behind a pillar once more. The fortunate says, we don't have a lot of time, guys. We got to finish that last one. And the fortunate steps up to the one that Selv and Cask have been beating on that has almost no HP. Rolls a 19 on the die. <laughs> Literally, it had two HP left. Easy peasy. I wow. don't need to roll any damage. Just like steps forward and very just professionally, essentially just runs it through, brings the spear back. It also explodes. Uh, actually, unfortunately, uh, you all take uh, five points of, uh, <laughs> of, of cold damage. You all being everyone in melee there. But then the fortunate looks around at, at you guys, looks around at the situation, and plants themselves, like, uses the rest of their movement to walk towards the opening of the portal. And just kind of, like, sets their spear and their shield 
very like 300-y. Arm cocked back, shield up. Val will come out from behind the pillar. Who's left? Just the one just, behind the behind that pillar. Just the one right, who keeps throwing, trying to stab you, and that you tried to smack back. Val and- will go and find <laughs> that one. Val will use her full movement to stand like full sight of it. To yeah, I'll allow that. That's fine. That works for me. It's just ignoring a column. ignoring battle trigonometry. Yeah, exactly. It is. It is so unval that I'll be like, well, all right. If you want to not be maximally far away from danger at all times, she- by all means. <laughs> She will use her uh, bonus action to hopefully smack it with a spiritual weapon. 20 to hit. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yep, that hits. Max damage, Whoa. 12 oh, points yeah. of damage. Okay. Uh, as an close. action. <laughs> That's getting really close. Uh, as an action, she will cast Guiding Bolt. Another 20 to hit. Hits. Come on, 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 come on. Come on, come on. I swear I am playing this like this stat. I have not fudged a single hit point. Much in the Mothman fight where it's like, ah. 20 points of damage. Oh, wow. The next attack on it has advantage. It is still up. Oh, come on. Self goes after me. Self. This thing's lit up like a motherfucking glow stick. You are last in initiative order. Well, it's, uh, I guess it's coming down to this. So what I'm going to do, so I guess the the question is, using only my movement, can I get into a spot where I could see to be able to attack? Absolutely. Okay. I'm assuming it still has some kind of cover then? Yes. Okay. Selv kind of looking at the uh, the spear creature that just exploded and and got some kind of frosty goop all over him. Kind of looks it's called water self. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to be descriptive. Water just sounds so. He boring. hasn't gotten. He hasn't gotten to that part of his bending arc yet. He yeah. doesn't know. I'll take a quick look at the fortunate who is positioned to try to block the portal, and then I am going to spin on my left foot and take off running towards where this other last frost creature is hiding or trying to hide, and I'm going to come around until it just gets until I can just see any of it. And then I'm going to let loose with some ranged attacks here. The first one with the guiding bolt making it glow is at advantage. That's a D12. <laughs> Which doesn't matter because that one is a natural toy. Yay! So for the first attack, Selv comes around, sees the this kind of weird shape behind the pillar and gets as far around the pillar as he can until he can see more of it and then just kind of skids to a halt and brings his arm back and just the vortex of wind just starts whipping around his fist and he just punches forward and hits this creature uh, for nine points of damage. So what does it look like? <sighs> when you kill the final creature that has been summoned through this portal. The cyclone of air slams into this last ice creature. It stumbles backwards, and for a second, it just, its body language is kind of that of, I was hiding. How did I still get hit? (laughs) Until then, these kind of cracks start to form in its body, and then it just kind of shatters into a, a cloud of, like, ice, snow, and little, almost like glittering effects as the ice kind of, like, it frosts over in the one spot where it was standing. Your final enemy falls. You all kind of spin on your heels, out of breath, desperately making sure that you haven't lost something, haven't missed someone, but everything is still. You see through the portal this huge shape continue to bear down on the portal. But you hear a voice ring out. Well done. As the shepherd looks over at you, having moved down a few more council members, and fiddles with their lantern a little, and kind of clicks it into place, and the portal closes. And they say, that was close, but that really brought me back. That was amazing. Please, come with me. 
we can continue this battle of wills or we can talk or we can do whatever. And they reach a hand out as they kind of still have a hand, not on a council member anymore, but actually just resting on a branch of the tree that is connecting all of the council members and just looks out at you guys. Val will look towards the party as she's utterly exhausted, but there is a glint in her eye at the opportunity. Val saw where the shepherd and the council are in the grove, but also she has so many questions. And this is an opportunity for answers. It's not the opportunity she would want or necessarily trust, but Val feels a pull to accept what the shepherd is offering, even though he very much tried to kill us on uh, multiple opportunities. Yeah. You can always roll a vibe check, too, if you'd like. Vibe check. I rolled a two. She's tired. (laughs) It's, I mean, hard to say. Like, this mortal is so fucking weird that, like, who knows? At least as far as Val is concerned, like... She normally reads the eyes and they're glowing. It's hard. The shepherd would even say... I, I sense, of course, I sense your, your hesitancy. It's not a requirement. I have enough information to get what I want. I don't have all the information. There's still victory to be had. You could slow me down. You could fight back. Have questions answered. You can be heroes. But I understand this is a strange offer. And Kaskrin says to the shepherd, Enough is enough. You've toyed with us. You have what you need. There's nothing we can do to stop you. Just go. And the shepherd kind of just like solemnly nods a little bit at that, but looks at the other two. As Billiam deposits checkers on top of Mango. <laughs> Checkers looks over towards Val, and for the first time, you can see, like, the little gears in his head start turning. And he says, you know what? I've got some questions of my own. Let's go, Val. It's always up to Self. (laughs) (laughs) So Self kind of looks at everyone, and then his gaze finally falls on the fortunate. We cannot go now. We have one opportunity to help those we promised to help. We cannot leave them. Who are you trying to help with your quest? That is so pressing. And actually, Selv will look back towards Cass and in kind of a uh, do-we-want-to-say-anything kind of look. Val will cast Mind Link to Cass, saying, I don't trust the shepherd but we could slow him down and potentially save the council. I've seen the grove. It's a spectral, like he said, a demiplane. I don't think we would actually leave. We would be semi-present, like both the council and the shepherd. We could help save them and get answers. And Casper knows that this is probably still the best opportunity to get information from about anything, about why the dragons are back, about why the saints left, about his own powers and the Eternal Citadel. It's just getting them from him, from the shepherd, from someone that we don't know who's tried to attack us, who's tried to attack our friends. But hearing... Val's voice in his mind. Something clicks into the place where if we stay, there's nothing we can do. But if we go, we still have a chance to slow him down. And so his like face sort of relaxes from that hard battle stance closer towards 
recognition, and he looks at Selv one more time, back at Checkers and back at Val, and he thinks about the lucky coin around his neck, and he says back towards Val in his mind link, Fine. I don't like it, but you're right. We need answers. This might be our best chance to get them. Once Val has that from Cass, she will walk forward and kind of gather the party behind her, make one last look to make sure the fortunate knows what's going on. So the fortunate has been hearing this and has been quiet the whole time. They are usually content to just kind of let you guys lead. This is your quest. They are a soldier. They are happy to just kind of support you however you guys need or want to be supported. But the fortunate in this kind of looks at you guys, especially as you're kind of like, oh, kind of, I'm imagining you guys are like looking at each other and kind of like nodding. And there's just that little shift in the group that kind of is saying, maybe we're considering this. The fortunate looks at you guys and says, I'm with you guys wherever you decide to go. I'm not going to be left out of another fight. Time to go be heroes. With this shift in energy, Val will lead the group towards the shepherd and extend her hand to take theirs. As you all link up, and Val's hand meets the blue, shining one of the shepherd. The five of you are hit with an absolute tidal wave of arcane power and personality. Reality gives way to somewhere else. For a few moments, you catch only glimpses of where you are being transported to as your mind, your body, and your heart are filled with pain and emotion. Grief, sadness, anger, and more grab hold of you and take your breath away. You aren't sure why you feel this way, but your senses tell you that you might feel this way forever. You reel and become aware that your feet are wet. You are suddenly standing in a pool of water in front of a small cascading waterfall. All around you are beautiful, diverse fauna and flora, all choked by glowing blue vines. The members of the council stand catatonic near you. And perched on a rock in front of this waterfall, where all the vines stem from, is the shepherd. And that's where we'll end this week's episode. Yay! Uh, See you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Did any of you watch the uh did you watch the the other the the D movie that came out with uh was it um No. What's his name? Irons. Uh Jeremy Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons. When did it come out? Because I feel like the I, 90, two, 2000s. I think it was two thousand because I Googled yeah. it today. Okay. So there Isn't was there a trilogy. Yeah, so that's that's the thing. So that that movie was not so good. Right. They they did a they did a direct uh, like a made for TV movie which was actually much better than the the other one and my it's kind of silly but, but the 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 parts that stick out are 
uh, like there, there's this guy, he's supposed to be really evil. So he has like, um, he's basically feeding people to this creature that he has. And the things that he's feeding to the creature, you just see a bunch of dead drow, like hanging mm. upside down in this, in this thing. And I'm like, oh, well, all right. He's not, <laughs> he's not, not, so bad. He's not that bad. Yeah. You know? <laughs> mm. I feel like I've seen that movie actually. Yeah. Right. Like, what, yeah. You've seen that one. Yeah. It, uh, it stars one of the same guys from the movie ends up like uh, the guy that has that, that creature put inside of him that then um, like turns him into some kind of like weird undead type thing in the, the original bald guy from the mummy. Yes. So, yeah. So he's in that made for TV version. And I think he, no, 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 no. He's from the mummy Two, Thank you. Or okay. the Scorpion King. And he's not bald in them. Okay. This is, um, Brendan Fraser. No, Brendan Fraser isn't bald <laughs> in it either. The Rachel mummy. Weiss? He's the mummy. <laughs> The mummy from the, the film The Mummy. From the film The Mummy. From the 1999 Cinematic Masterpiece. That is him. Oh my God. That is him. Yeah. I know The Mummy. <laughs> I don't know this actor's name. And I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Not to any of you, to that actor. Right. Yeah. 